take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page, Couples Synergy, or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for nearly 20 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, Gene and I will be talking about perception. And perspective. And perspective and how that plays out in relationships. So we just finished watching the Bears game, which they won. It was fantastic. Right. So you guys in the Chicagoland area are pretty happy right now. It was fun. Yeah. Yes. And for your birthday, one person brought you chocolate to pair with wine. Mm Mm-hmm. But someone else brought you peanut butter whiskey. Yes. And so you're pairing chocolate with peanut butter whiskey. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead it's and, really and do amazing. one of those. There's of those. this like. What uh, is that? Is that like a toffee? It's a chocolate sea salt caramel. Oh. So like adding the caramel taste to it. Too, All right. Let's right? see what happens. And then. And some peanut butter whiskey on top of that. Mm-hmm. And what's the verdict? It's amazing. It's like uh, Reese's peanut butter <laughs> with caramel. That's fun. And that's a perception, right? Or a perspective. Mm-hmm. When you pair two things together, then you come up with synergy. Right. Each of the two. The third is better than the two parts. Combine yeah. together to form something larger right. than the two individuals. Right. So one thing that I want to say, which I think most people don't really think about is that everything is made up. Yeah, like the chairs that you sit on. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Bears game, the jerseys. Yeah, the lifestyle we colors. live. Colors. The homes we live in. Right. You know, and if you travel and you go to different places, they do things different. Mm-hmm. And if you go to different mm-hmm. times, because today was the, they wore jerseys from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the perception back then is there were no African-Americans in the NFL. They were not allowed. They actually. were not allowed. It was a 12-year ban. Yeah. Do you know why they were banned? Uh, just, I think, discrimination. So do you think they were in and then they were banned? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but there was a, a 12-year ban. And so the Bears kind of came out with the 1936 jerseys that they wore at that time in commemoration. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wearing that jersey today. Yes, you are. You know, with uh, Walter Payton's name on the back. Because... Mm-hmm. Sweetness. Because he was wonderful. He was like the best. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about this combination, right, this pairing, and perception plays a big role in that. Mm -hmm. We see this play out in couples' relationships all the time. We have never heard the same story twice. Right. With one couple. So 
most people may not know the way that we work with couples is I will work with the masculine energy and Jean will work with the feminine energy and we will work with them individually. Uh, most often it is, you know, the male that I'm working with mm -hmm. and Jean is working with the female and we will separate and do individual work and then we'll come together and do couples work. Right. Right. So the four of us will be in the same room together. And it is just so amazing when we get our individuals in the room by themselves or virtually and they tell us their perception right. of what is going on in the relationship. And you'd swear they live in a different home. <laughs> it's, it's always yeah. very different. Right. And one thing that we know is that if you pick a side, you hurt everyone. And I think that... I have to say that people pick sides naturally right. without them knowing, you know, and, and they have to kind of stick by their own perception, you know, their truth or the truth is mm -hmm. skewed in their favor. Well, I think anytime somebody makes a decision, they're going to lean towards what they've decided. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to want everyone else to choose what they've decided as well. You know, so if you love this restaurant versus that restaurant. Oh, that's the best one. You should go there. Like you're committed because you made a decision and, and then you want to impose that on other people because you want them to bond with you and approve of you and validate you and feel the same way as you do. Well, in a way it also justifies that your position is correct. Right, 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 right. Right. So which there's no such thing. No, there is no right or wrong. So, you know, when it comes to couples and coming together with, two very different perspectives and perceptions, it is very difficult, mm -hmm. right? That, that is hugely difficult for couples to be able to see beyond their own perception, to understand their partner's perception so that they can create a common perception. perception. And, and the hardest thing is an individual person doesn't really fully understand their own perception because it's most of, mostly subconscious. Right. It happens before they're even thinking because they learned it somewhere and it seems like that's the way. Right. Right. And then, you know, in the family synergy therapy work that we do at the Lighthouse Motion Wellness Center, if there are two parents and three kids, there are five perceptions. Right. And each clinician thinks their client's perception is correct. Right. Which makes it very difficult. Right. Very dynamic when working with families. It's, it's a very high level skill to work with a family and very high to work with a couple as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say that it's very difficult in working with two people and their different perceptions. And then what happens is when couples get into a place of conflict and disagreement, they turn to other people outside of the relationship right. to try to get them on their side. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course, everyone else in your world is going to have a different perception of your life and of what you should be doing in your relationship. And they're going to have opinions about that. The funny thing is they're only going to hear your side of that story. So they're skewed to begin with. And then what they're actually going to come back at you with is their own stuff. Not necessarily what is objectively better or worse for you to do in your relationship, mm -hmm. but they're going to reinforce the decision they made somewhere along the line and tell you that's what you should be doing. 
and they are going to project that onto you. Right. So amazing how that happens. You know, in the Four Agreements, which, you know, we love that book. We ask everyone to read it. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. He talks about our words and how our words are like magic and that you can use your word to put a spell on people. And there's a black magic spell and there's a white magic spell, you know, and that's really an amazing thing. If you are listening to another person, how influential you actually can be in helping them either take a a dark turn or a light turn. We don't realize how much influence and how much power we have over the people in our lives, Mm -hmm. especially people really close to us. And so too often couples are really influenced by their family and their friends and their family can influence a relationship in a negative way or in a positive way. Yeah. Especially I think if, if your parents have a relationship that is not so healthy, but they've chosen to stay together because of religious reasons, because of kids, because whatever their justification is of that, they're going to then superimpose that onto whatever advice they're giving another couple. You know, when you're talking about like white, the white magic thing and let's say you got a little kid around you and the little kid, every time they have a glass of milk, they spill it. And so you say to them, oh my God, every time I give you milk, you spill it. Here, I'm going to give you this glass of milk. Don't spill it like you always do. And of course, they're going to spill it. But you know what's kind of cool is if you can try to do this, try to say to them, oh, that's not like you. That's not like you to spill your milk. Even if they do spill their milk. But you start giving them this other idea that maybe there's an option that they won't spill their milk. And then you start putting like a white spell on them to rise to. And that really works. And it's a really amazing thing. I don't know, you know, if you think about times that you're down and someone's able to come along and kind of champion you a little bit and give you some of that white magic and it helps pull you out of that darker place or not, which is really sad. I think that really reinforces the phrase that perception is reality, right? That what we believe is what we're going to feel and how we're going to perceive our life. And if we are believing that our life is positive or people are giving us positive messages, it's just going to reinforce that, that belief within us, right? And what we see around us. What's that story you always tell about the couple that's, they arrive at a party separately? Yeah, like, you know, so they arrive separately for whatever reasons and maybe he walks in and he sees his wife from across the the party and, you know, they meet glances and she looks at him and she rolls her eyes, right? Right. So, you know, there are many different ways that you could perceive that. And if there's contention in the relationship, he might perceive that as her having contempt for him. Because he was a few minutes late That he was late or, you know, that she was stuck in a conversation and he wasn't there to rescue her. I mean, there's just a lot of different plethoras in a negative sense that you could perceive that, you know. Or if they had a pretty strong bond between the two of them, he might perceive it as she is not happy having this conversation with this person and she needs him to come over and rescue her. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Or she's just not wanting to be there at the party and she's just trying to connect with him and let him know what she's feeling. I remember hearing your parents tell the story of in your dad's culture, when he raises his eyebrows, it means no. Right. But in your mom's Mm -hmm. culture, when she raises her eyebrows, it it means means yes. yes. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> and they would sit there with their eyebrows going like, do you mean yes or do you mean no? <laughs> That's always really funny. I, it took them quite a while to figure that out. Yeah. You know, in Paul and Faith's story that's coming out on Thursday, you hear this idea of perception so many times. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happened is uh, in her upbringing, she was raised a very particular way. Very conservative. Very conservative. And she was sort of breaking free from that when she met Paul. And um, she did something really drastic. She had long hair and she shaved it off. And it wasn't until she shaved it off that Paul noticed her and became attracted to her. Like before that, she looked like the image of all the type of girls he would never date. Right. And, you know, on the flip side, she had never gotten a tattoo. And her perception of getting tattoos or people who had tattoos were that they were criminals. You know, so this was kind of a, a really huge breaking free from what she was taught and what she was exposed to as a child. Yeah, I think that's an interesting concept because there are some things that only change generationally, right? So things that my parents, or I can even go to my grandparents. My grandparents grew up in Chicago and they grew up at a time when there was a neighborhood. Here's the Catholic neighborhood or the Jewish neighborhood or the Russian neighborhood or whatever the neighborhood was, there were lines and you would go fight people that weren't part of your your subgroup whatever that was and I don't think that ever changed for them their entire lives as opposed to our son who went to even even in kindergarten even in preschool it was very diverse he was exposed to all all sorts of different I like that one with the two boys a little a little black boy and a little white boy and they have their head shaved and they said we got the same haircut so we confuse our teacher Right. And then she can't tell us apart. Right. <laughs> like, because kids don't have that type of perception. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's other things that change within an individual person. But tattooing, I think, is a generational thing. You know, I think for, for your parents, you were either... It was taboo. Yeah. You were either a criminal or right. you were in the military. It was very unsavory. Or you were like a, a biker dude. You were definitely on the fringes of society. Well, it's definitely generational here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Can't really, you know... We can't really talk about that as far as other cultures. Right. Like in right? Tahiti is very different. Right. And Japan is very different too on the opposite, opposite extreme. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the United States, yes, it's more generationally accepted now. Right. And it's much more mainstream. And we do that. We do that pairing thing, you know, and two things get paired together. And once it's paired together, it seems like the same thing. We were just talking about this with my cousin who had a stroke recently at 42. And she was saying it's so hard that to quit smoking because, you know, that morning coffee just goes so well with a cigarette. And, you know, I have morning coffee and I've never had a cigarette with morning coffee. Like that doesn't sound delicious to me at all. You know, and but for her, it's a pairing. And that's like a really ingrained, tough pairing because the neurons that fire together wire together. And if you're used to doing one behavior, you'll add in that second behavior and and they just fit so well together. So if you talk about a tattoo is paired with prison or motorcycles or, you know, bad people. Which is very interesting because, you know, Paul in on Thursday's episode, he talks about his perception from the opposite view. And that is that. You know, she came in with this 
this kind of clean cut white girl, you know, he had this white girl perception of her. Right. And so he didn't take any notice to her at all Mm -hmm. until, you know, she did kind of, you know, change her outside appearance and start to get tattoos. That's when he started to notice her. And, you know, that kind of shines a light on his own perception. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, they all, they have the extended perception of her family and her family seeing her go through this, this transition and this change from what they knew and how they raised her to, you know, what they perceived Paul to be. Right. And I think that they had they had some very strong opinions about who she should be in this world. Right. And it didn't fit with her personal desires and integrity. And I think that's a really hard thing when other people have this perception of you and you try to live up to it. I think it's really hard just within a relationship yeah. if your spouse mm-hmm. has a particular perception of who you should be. Do you remember rule number three of the hike? No. So when we were hiking, we came up with some fun rules because we just noticed this pattern of behaviors that we would do. Right. And rule number number three. Yeah. Was if anything happens, anything wrong happens, blame your spouse. Right. Right. So rule number three was if you think you should do something, do it. Do it. Right. Right. And it was something that I think as a couple one of us is always a little bit stronger than the other at something, no matter what the thing is. Like you might be better at, well, for sure you're better at technology. Yeah. You know, I'm better at scheduling, whatever those things are. And so we always want to try to make the best decision. So one of us is always trying to influence the other person. Mm -hmm. But when you're hiking, it, it doesn't work that way because you have to take personal responsibility for yourself. So if you think you should have more water or you should rest or you should eat you have to take you responsibility have to for that you have right. to have to because the other person can't take responsibility for that for right because yeah. they could say oh no let's just do another mile and then you'll be fine and then you're not and then you have a bigger problem right right and so that was an interesting thing for me i'm, I'm assuming for you as well of kind of like taking that step back and not trying to influence the other person so that both of us could be safe and so that idea of not jumping in and saying, oh, you don't need that or you do need that or whatever those things are mm-hmm. and saying, oh, you have that feeling. You think we need rain gear so or we you have, think something, we should right. do that. So right. you have to listen to your partner. You have to honor mm-hmm. what your partner's needs are in that moment and not have this perception of what it is you think they need. Right. And then also trusting yourself. You would get so mad at me. If, what? <laughs> if what? I would suggest something or maybe even more forcefully state something mm-hmm. and you would do it and then it would turn out to not be the best decision for you. Right. And you're like, oh, I should have listened to myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, we find that in directions. Like you say, you should go. Let's go this way. Let's go to the right. And I, I would say as a rule of thumb, if I say go right, you should for sure go left. I know. I'm so bad. I'm I, so, and I just, so believe it too. Yeah. I'm you so bad. really have no idea where we're at on the map. And yet I always know where I am. But so then when I go right, because you're saying to go right, I just end up kicking myself <laughs> because I know for a fact that it, that is not the right direction. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, perception requires that you, that you have to engage within yourself, especially at an emotional level, to make the best decision for yourself. And there's a really interesting exercise that we do at the office, you know, when we're working with a couple or a family, and we show them this picture. And we say, tell us a story about this picture. And no matter how many people are part of this exercise, whether it's a group of 10, whether it's a couple of two, or whether it's an individual person, they write a story. Well, we're not going to tell you what this no, picture no, no, is no, 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 because no. Uh, we might uh, use it at a workshop right. or two. So, And we have on this one particular picture, the exact same picture mm-hmm. that we have owned for over 20 years right? because it was in our home before it was in our office. There has never been the same story twice. I don't even remember where we bought that from. I don't either. It's a great picture. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we have never heard the same story twice. And Mm -hmm. we have heard thousands Thousands. of stories. And it never ceases to amaze me that everyone feels like, of course everyone would write the story I wrote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you can't see anything but that. Right. You are drawing from a data bank of experiences that you have collected your entire life. And from that data, you are superimposing onto the picture your perception. Right. And, and so each person is going to have a very different perception of what they see. It, even if they're siblings or twins and they grew up in the same household, they still have a different perception of life. Absolutely. And that's what makes relationships so difficult because you're trying to merge two people with two very different perceptions of life and they're just trying to find a balance point. Well, to complicate matters, if you ask them to write a story about the same picture on a different day, they'd have a whole different story. It'll be different, right? Because it changes day by day. Right, right. And so that's the difficult thing, you know, and so, Communication breakdown doesn't happen because of vocabulary. It happens within an individual person because they don't understand themselves. Mm -hmm. And then they can't communicate that to their partner. And their partner has their own breakdown in their ability to listen and, and not take it personally what their partner's saying. You know, I just had this thought, like when you were in school, you know, it didn't matter whether you put down the right answer. The most important part was showing your work. Right. Right. And a lot of times you would get more credit for showing your work than actually getting the right answer. So that you understood the concept. So you understood the concept. And, yeah. and, you know, so the teacher could actually see what your process was. Mm-hmm. Right. And when couples were individuals in a relationship, they're not accessing, you know, what they feel in the moment. They're not accessing their, you know, authentic selves and being able to you know, connect with what their truth is and then expressing it to each other, they're not showing their work, right? right? They're not letting their partner know their whole process and why they think the way that they do. And so it creates these huge gaps of misunderstanding. And that is where these, you know, different perceptions can actually lead to more conflict. Right. When we... When we seek validation from someone else, we almost will never get it because the other person is simultaneously seeking that validation also. Mm-hmm. I, I see this with your parents. 
your parents were really adamant about you getting your doctorate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as you got your doctorate, your mom was like, well, why don't you do computers? I think that's a good field. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> right. Right. Like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, that. there's always like. Right. And, you know, she doesn't know anything about either field. But she read something in a magazine that shifted her perspective. And then she's like, okay, that's the right perspective. Your mom does that really well. Mm-hmm. Where she hears something new and then she runs with that. And then she learns something else and she runs with that. And it doesn't matter if it's 100% contradictory. Yeah, well, she's, she's running in a direction. Right. <laughs> and, you know, whatever we choose, whether we choose to stay home with our kids or put them in daycare, whether we choose to, you know, however we set up life, it's, it's those what little... What kind of clothes they wear. Yeah. Do you breastfeed? Do you bottle feed? Do you cloth diaper do you disposable diaper whatever you've chosen you are going to tell the next generation this is absolutely Mm -hmm. how you do it Mm -hmm. but i don't think you can look at an adult and be like oh that adult wasn't breastfed (laughs) or that adult was in daycare or something you know what i mean like it doesn't matter it's just different and so if you choose this you learn this lesson and if you choose that you learn that lesson but there really is no right or wrong it's just different well, most of the time, people's perceptions or other people's perceptions are fueled by fear, that they fear that if you don't go in one direction, that you are making a mistake, you know, that's going to be irreparable and that they have the right answer for you. Well, because they made a choice and it worked for them. So they think that everyone should do that, that decision. Right. Or they made a wrong choice and I, they want you to do the opposite. I think this is why so many people, like if your parents are doctors, you become a doctor. If your parents are plumbers, you become a plumber because you know it and it's not a risk then. And then it feels safer. It feels like this is what I know. Mm -hmm. So I know the right way to do this. Well, we had talked a little bit about this in the episode of the white sheep of the family, Mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, Bowen had the concept of the levels of differentiation, And that is really why most people don't stray very far from their parents and their family's perception of how they should live their lives. Right. And for someone to stray way outside of that is scary. I think we've used the the concept or the example of crabs in a bucket. Right. When talking about families that have a certain perception of how their family members should act or what they should do in their lives. And that is if you throw a whole bunch of crabs into a bucket, you know, they'll never get out. Right. Because if one crab grabs the top of the bucket and tries to pull themselves out, the other crabs are going to grab onto him and pull him back in. And that's a really good example of family is that when you, you try to stray too far or you're doing something that's against the norm, they're going to try to pull you back in because it is too scary for them. I think that's been a very challenging thing in terms of having adult children. And they're choosing for themselves and it's their lives, Mm -hmm. right? And I think we've done a good job, I hope, that we let them do that. And obviously they've chosen very different lives than we have. Right. You know, one is in politics and lives in Washington, D.C., the other one is in nuclear engineering in Texas. Right. Very different very, than very the psychology different. field. Right, exactly. Except for Angie, 
who is in the psychology field, our daughter-in-law, and um, we have a great alignment with her, but we didn't choose that for her either. No, no. Right? And so sometimes you hear them talking it out, and I know that that process, even if they fall down, is more important for them and their growth than for us to tell them, here's a better path that we think is the right way for you to go, which you certainly had as a child. Well, from our perspective, you know, it, it, they can't ever claim success if we're the ones that are dictating right. what is right or wrong. Right. You know, so for them, if they make a choice and they stumble and fall, they can take responsibility for that. And then they can learn from it and then make a better decision after that. But if we're telling them what they should do and then they make a mistake... Well, then we're the ones to blame. So that's some good relationship advice, right? <laughs> if yeah. you are taking control of your partner, especially personal decisions that don't impact the relationship, and your partner fails, guess who's guess who's left foot in the bill? You're totally to You're blame. You're totally to blame, right. 100%. And nobody's learned anything. Well, on the flip side, if you tell them what to do and it is a success... Well, who's the one that can claim the credit? Right. It's you. Right. Which is a really unhealthy way to live. Right. And it doesn't help your partner actually, ha you know, find some, you know, self-esteem or to, you know, learn how to believe in themselves. You know, I love that concept that the pathway to our highest potential is through rejection and failure. That rejection and failure is what is the what I like to call fertilizer. We all know what fertilizer is made of mm -hmm. to help us grow. And so if we don't honor our own perceptions and our own truth, even if following our truth makes us crash and burn, it is still a better scenario than following another human being. Because the point of life, right? What is the point of life? Hopefully it's to evolve and grow and become. Because we are living on a planet of evolution. Most people would say to be happy. <laughs> I'd like to know if they're happy. Right. We're not designed to be happy. No, I, I think we are not. Otherwise, we would not reach out and learn and grow right. and try to become. I mean, we live in a country. The United States of America is a really amazing place. I mean, we live better than a king or queen for thousands and thousands of years, right? We all have running, most of us, running water, electricity, heat, comfort, all that kind of stuff. We even are able to provide that for a lot of people when, you know, the weather's really bad. We have shelters and stuff for people to come to. And so, I mean, that's huge. I mean, literally people used to starve to death and freeze to death and probably still are in certain parts of the world. And yet we still aren't happy. We, we are a country that is the most medicated, the most debt, most overweight because we're not designed to be happy we're designed to grow and it's through that struggle that we grow in and so you know if, if you're in a situation right now with your partner and you are at odds with each other take a really good hard look at that really slow that down and try to have a different type of communication about that and really the best thing you can do is interview your partner like you're a, a reporter and try to understand their perspective you know if it sounds like we are saying that relationships are very difficult. That is absolutely true. They yes, are we are. extremely difficult. You know, what Gene was kind of talking about can be explained by Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, in that 
majority of us here in the United States have our basic needs taken care of, food, shelter, clothing, safety, and that's the bottom level of the hierarchy of needs. All the way to the top, which is self-actualization, and that is where we try to figure out and contemplate about why we're here, how we fit in to the rest of society, how we are connected to other human beings, and and is there something bigger and greater than ourselves, right? And as our relationships evolve from just basic survival, we are challenged to figure out something bigger, something greater. I mean, the, the one goal or the main goal for every relationship is to help your partner become a better version of themselves. That takes a lot of coordination. That takes a lot of... Right you know, determination, skill, partnership. I think that we're always growing, but we can either grow out or we can grow up. You know, and you see this with people who suddenly have a lot of money, like athletes or actors or the lottery, and they go out. They buy more cars and houses and stuff, and that's like an out as opposed to an up. You know, an up that challenges you to to think differently and live differently and be different and what you could possibly um, impact the world with, right? And that's true of everything. It's not just money, but it's true of everything, especially when you're talking about relationships and perspective because I think people get into relationship and they feel uncomfortable and so they get busy collecting money and doing dishes and doing what they think is the best thing to do instead of sitting down and really saying to themselves, what is the way we want to rock this world? Because it's made up. It's made up how we rock the world. And we think that we've been taught a pattern, but that pattern was recreated by somebody else. Right. And so our perception really is that collection of our experiences and collection of messages that have been given to us by other people, society, caregivers, etc. And it doesn't mean that that's how it should be. Right. So we are always challenged to challenge our perception. Do you remember that guy, Slow-Mo? Was that his name, Slow-Mo? Slow-Mo, the um, rollerblader um, yeah. in uh, California. So he was raised, and he was a doctor of, I think, a neuro something. He was a psychologist, I believe. No, he... Whatever it did, it, whatever he was, he was a doctor that had to read x-rays. Oh, yeah, yeah, and okay. he developed this condition where he could no longer recognize faces. So it was a weird thing in his vision. He, and he would say, I, didn't, I wouldn't know if I knew you for 20 years or if I met you yesterday. I couldn't tell who you were. And so someone who needs to read x-rays of brain scans to do his job, whatever his job was, he had to stop working. And he said he was a self-proclaimed. He said he was an asshole. He, he was not successful in relationships. He just made really good money. And then he, had to, he lost it all because he didn't lose his money, but he lost his ability to make money because of this condition. And so he like sold everything and moved out to California, and he just rollerblades now. And he does it in a certain way. It's very slow, and it's almost like ballet-ish. And his theory is that it creates because of the bones in our ear and the way that, that our brain is designed in movement, that it creates a spiritual experience. But he totally, 100% had to change his perspective 
because life happened, you know, and sometimes life happening is the best thing that can happen to you. The thing that you think is the biggest obstacle offers you the greatest potential of growth because, you know, fertilizer. And so if you don't like where you're at, if you don't like your place in your relationship, place in your life, change your perspective. It, it is as easy as taking a step back and looking at things more from a broader perspective, right? It doesn't have to be the way that you see it right now. And help your partner do the same. I remember like when I'm really stuck, I just paint walls. Like I would change the color of a room and would help me figure something out. Sometimes we would have clients get up on top of their chair. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Right. Just to have a different perspective of where they're at mm -hmm. in the room. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to have their opinions about who you should be, what you should do, who you should be with. But they don't have the perspective of being you and living your life and living the life that you should live. And if you're not living the life that you specifically need to live and to add to the collective of all that we are as the human race, then it's not much of a life worth living. We want to thank you so much for joining us today and listening to Couple Synergy. We hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationship. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. You know, I just really want to reiterate that the couples we have interviewed have taught us so much. And I'm really grateful for the people that have come on and shared their stories. They keep inspiring this work that we're doing. People that we've worked with have helped us learn so much about relationships. And the people who come over and share their stories are awesome. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. We also want to reiterate out there how excited we are. The fact that we launched this podcast on July 4th, 2019. And it is now uh, three months yeah. to date mm -hmm. uh, since we launched the podcast. And we have over 3,500 listeners, which is just so amazing in multiple, that, multiple yeah, countries around awesome. the world. Beautiful. And, you know, we just want to continue to try to get the word out there, you know, so please, it, we would really appreciate it if you would share it with people who might be able to benefit from it. And thank you so much for listening. It's, it keeps us going and it's awesome. It's, we couldn't do it without you. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm -hmm.